Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Notice my God. It's a personal relationship. It's not religious. You went to church. Now at Christmas, you're definitely going to go because that's where your salvation, your salvation is not in a church. It's not in a man. It's not in a religion. It's in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So prayer defeated Satan, the roaring lion that looks to devour you today. Prayer is a deciding factor in spiritual warfare. Is your interaction with God a formal, distant one? Do you only think about God when you're in a church service or activity? Hopefully not. God intended for you to interact with him the same way he and Adam related to each other. Not only as God and creation, but as friends. In Pastor Mark's teaching, he will be reminding you that God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. You don't have to be distant from God because you don't think you're good enough. God already knows everything about you. He's constantly reaching out to you to get to know him better. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with part 3 of his message. Pray about everything. So I want to give you two keys for effective prayer. We need to pray, but I have to have prayer put with faith. How is that going to work? Here's the first one to write down. As I pray in my life, to be effective, prayer must be mixed with faith. And faith is simply believing what God said is true. Now, I'm going to finish the other three keys But I'm also going to delve into praying about the will of God. There's a verse in 1 John that says this, if I pray in the will of God, it will happen. Well, man, like I'd like to know what the will of God is then, because if I pray, I can definitely have faith. It's going to happen. Now, to be effective, prayer must be mixed with faith. Take a look at this. David in the morning, when he had his devotions, the shepherd David, the man after God's own heart, he writes this. In the morning, O Lord... You hear my voice. So prayer is what kind of conversation? Hold your fingers up and tell me how many it is. Okay, good. How do most people pray? It's one way. Oh, God, I need anything. God, I need anything. God, I need Off we go. Most of us never wait for the response. Or we get tired of waiting, and we take it in our own hand. But David says, oh, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you. 
I don't command you to do something. You'll hear that in the positive confession in all this uh, prosperity doctrine that's totally false. I command you, God, to do that. I mean, if someone's going to command God, I'm stepping back just a little bit from what they're saying. (laughs) Know what I mean? Don't be stupid. We don't command God. Notice, I lay my request before. I submit to you, and I wait with or in what? What's the word? Say it with me. Expect. What is expectation? Faith. Something is going to happen. You guys are going to be watching. You guys are going to be watching the football this afternoon. Some of you are waiting in expectation, but it's based in nothing. If it's a team I'm thinking about, but I won't even mention it. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. And as God came down and became quarterback. Other than that, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> so what this says is, notice what this says is, I'm going to pray and I'm going to wait in faith because I know God's going to answer me. Let me ask you a question. Why would I pray if I wouldn't expect God to answer Why would you waste your time praying if you had no expectation that God was going to answer? So we do have expectation. So here's what you want to write. This expectation is bound up in the character of God. We must have faith that God cares and God hears and God answers. The reason Linda and I were so painfully aware of praying to a false idol is because none of that happens. That idol doesn't care, that idol doesn't hear, and for sure that idol will not answer. But they had worries just like you and I do. And they're looking for answers. That's why we go to the world. You but see today, in America, we may not have a lot of pagan gods, we do. We have all those world religions. But most unbelievers pray just to themselves. They're the solution. You are not the solution. Let me say that to you right now. You are not. Now, how do I get faith in my life then? If I have to take prayer and mix it with faith or expectation, where does the faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So when I'm teaching you this morning and every weekend or whoever's standing in this pulpit, you're hearing the character of God. That he what? He cares, he hears, and he answers. So as we study the Bible, prayer and reading the Bible are inseparable. When I do my devotions in the morning, I start with the Bible. Because I want my faith to be raised before I do my prayers. You might do it differently, but that's the way I do it. Now, the Bible tells us, not only do we have worries, but there is spiritual warfare in our lives. Satan is like a lion, a roaring lion, and he wants to attack our minds and take our peace away and take all the circumstances of life and fill our minds with, well, we just feel helpless and frustration. I want to show you how we can defeat Satan and his lies in our minds. I want you to turn to the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, two-thirds of the way the Old Testament. Now, you know the story. Let me bring you up to speed. Daniel was a Jewish young boy. The nation of Israel was taken into captivity and sent away to a pagan nation. Daniel was raised in that pagan nation. He became very well known. He lived his whole life basically there. And that nation was against 
God Jehovah, but Daniel was a man who had godly character. It was known throughout the whole book and the whole nation. Because of that, God gave him answers so he could interpret dreams that the wise men of the pagan nation couldn't do. So they became very jealous, and they went to the king, and they tricked the king. See, the king liked Daniel. Daniel now is an older man. And here's what they said. King, we want you to come up with a decree that for the next X number of days, nobody can pray to anyone but you as God. So the king went, sounds pretty good to me, and he put the decree in. He didn't know they were plotting against Daniel. Look at verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day, notice what he did. He got down on his knees, he humbled himself, and he prayed. Part of the prayer was he gave thanks to God, and notice the end, just as he'd done before, just as he'd done before meant that was a daily habit that Daniel had. He was maintaining that intimate relationship with God with praise. Well, the next thing that happens, these enemies knew that Daniel would do this. They saw him do it, and they went back to the king, and they said to the king, Daniel has disobeyed your decree. Then the king knew he'd been tricked because he loved Daniel. He couldn't find a way out of it because he'd made the decree. So look at verse 16. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. And a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Would this be a place where Daniel might be a little concerned? (laughs) If you were there, would you be a little concerned? Uh, I want you to picture you're on the end of this rope, and you're being lowered down into this pit. At the bottom are the lions. I want to hear, at the count of three, out loud, everybody, what your voice would sound like as you go. You can say anything you want. Here we go. One, two, three. Let me hear it. Right. Do you think there was any prayer in that as he was being lowered? Oh, Jesus, 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 whatever. You're going to say something. Well, we know that Daniel prayed. Now, when the king goes back home, I want you to see something that's very powerful. Look at verse 16. The king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. Look at me. Every person in the world has worries, troubles, difficulties, circumstances that they can't fix. But only the Christian has the solution, and that's all related to a personal relationship with God. This king could afford anything he wanted, He had all the musicians, he had all the worry stones, he had all the money, he had all the drugs, he had everything he wanted, but he could not sleep that night. See, you do not have the solution 
to the problems that you're going to face. Only a believer does. Now you say, well, I thought if you came to become a Christian, you wouldn't have difficulties. Hello, Daniel. No, we're not. We're all going to have difficulties. But God either will deliver us out of them or through them. In this particular case, Daniel's going through it. He is in the lion's den for the night. But he's praying to the one true God. Now, what happens? Daniel prayed in faith. He had a relationship with God. And as he's doing that, notice what takes place. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. He didn't anticipate anything. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, notice, he knew there was a difference, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? I'd love to have been there to hear this sound. Oh, king, live forever. He's going like, am I dreaming? Look at verse 22. Notice what Daniel says. My wisdom, my strength. No, no, my God sent his angel. Well, how did he send it? Because Daniel requested it. And he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I have been found innocent in their sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. Notice my God. It's a personal relationship. It's not religious. So many of you are raised in a church where it was religion. You went to church. Now at Christmas, you're definitely going to go because that's where your salvation, your salvation is not in a church. It's not in a man. It's not in a religion. It's in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So prayer defeated Satan, the roaring lion that looks to devour you today. Prayer is a deciding factor in spiritual warfare. Look at verse 23. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted in his God. Daniel prayed in faith and God delivered him. That faith came from abiding relationship three times a day. Normal relationship, maintaining it. So he had, in that difficult time, a two-way conversation from an intimate relationship with God. Now go back to Philippians chapter 4, where he started today, verse 6. And I want you to see when you get there something. Philippians 4, 6 is about prayer, but it's not about praying for other people. It's not about intercessory prayer. It's not about praying for a nation. It's prayer for you. It's an individual who has a worry, and it's the solution to that worry. So it's very personal. Look at it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, speaking just to you, you could put your name in there, Mark. Do not be anxious about anything, but Mark in everything, by your prayer, Mark, and your petition, Mark, with thanksgiving, present your request, Mark, to God. So it's very personal. It's not about other people. It's not praying for the lost of the world. It's not praying for missionaries. This is for you. The word prayer there, there's three kinds of prayer in this verse. Prayer, general communication with God is the first one. Petition is something very specific. Let me encourage you, because sometimes we don't pray specific. Pray specific to God. Request, as you see later, is simply our wants. Now, God never promised to give us our wants. 
He did promise to give us our needs and meet them. But do you know that God gives us lots of our wants too? He's a generous God. He's an amazing God. And notice there's an attitude in all of that with thanksgiving. So there's an attitude of gratitude. Why should I be praying with thanksgiving? Because I have a God that hears and a God that loves me and a God that cares for me. So to be effective, prayer has to be, number one, mixed with faith. That comes from knowing God. Number two, write this down. To be effective, prayer must be practiced in everything. Now notice, Paul doesn't say, pray in the big things. He says, pray in everything. Usually, we just try to pray in the big things and leave the small things to God. But let me ask you a question. What's big and what's small to God? There's nothing big to God. He's God. So we're to pray in what? Everything. In all the different situations of life. Now there's common sense to that. So Pastor Mark, if I'm going to pray in everything, does that mean tomorrow morning as a man, I get up and I, and I lay out brown socks and blue socks and black socks? God, I need to bow right now. I don't know what pair of socks that go with my pants for today. Pastor Mark said I have to pray in everything, so I'm praying right now. No, that's why you're married. (laughs) God gave you a wife. Those of you that are single, don't even look at your shoes right now, because I don't want to see what in the world you're wearing. You just pray to God to give you a wife. Amen? So... When you go out today and you go to the cafeteria somewhere, or you go to one of these buffets in the home, you go, God, I don't know whether to take this. Somebody says, who's holding up the line? Well, there's something up there praying. Oh, God, I don't know. Is it the meatloaf or is it the chicken? Just pick something, would ya? That's not what we're talking about. But we tend normally only to pray in the big deals. God's interested in the small details of our lives. The smallest detail. That God wants to minister to us. So don't sit and just look and go, okay, I can do that, but I'm not going to do this. No, don't do that. Now, here's another thing I discovered. Prayer isn't natural to us. It has to be learned. When you come to a Christian, you don't get like, okay, now I know how to pray. No, it has to be learned. When Jesus began to walk his disciples for three years, Never once did his disciples say to Jesus, could you teach us how to do a Bible study like that? That was fantastic. But they did ask him what? Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. But see, the reason they asked Jesus to teach them to pray is because they saw the success of Jesus had to do with his relationship with his father. And Jesus was always praying to his father about wisdom. So, Here again is your practical application for you. This week, let's be thinking more before you're making decisions, and I'll go through that in a moment. Let's let's look at this green light again. When you see a green light this week, it's an invitation to pray, to eliminate the worry. Start practicing it this week, praying about everything. This week, some of you are going to have a decision to make. And you need wisdom. Don't worry. It's a green light to pray. This week, some of you are confused. Right now, you're confused about an issue. You don't know the solution. I thought about that this morning. There's an area I'm confused at. 
in a decision I'm trying to make. And I went, you tell me you're teaching on it. So I prayed this morning, not at 4 a.m. He let me sleep through last night, praise God. But he got my attention earlier this morning. So you'll be confused about an issue. Don't worry, pray. Some of you are discouraged right now and things look hopeless. Quit worrying. Pray. He already knows. We used to sing a song, the answer is already on the way. And last, maybe you're here and everything's going fantastic. Well, then don't worry. Don't even think about it. Just be thankful. Because tomorrow, well, it may not be. You say, Pastor Mark, why would you say that? It's going terrific today. Because Jesus said, just enjoy today. Because tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. But when I get there, guess who's there? God. So practice, practice, practice. You and I have a God who cares, who hears, most of all, he answers. Do you know he wants the best for you? And do you know he knows what's best for you? Beside that, he's the only one powerful enough to make it happen. That's the God we have. Here's the last thing you need to write down. So write it down at all of our campuses. Worry about no thing. In fact, later, transfer it to your Bible in that passage. Worry about no thing. Pray about everything. Now, I want you to look at me, and then we're going to pray. There's some of you here in Melbourne. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never asked him to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. Or you're here, and you backslidden. And your life is a mess. I want to invite you this morning to pray a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, stand, do anything. I'm just going to ask you to pray a prayer wherever you are. You see, the king couldn't solve the problems of his life. Daniel did because he had a relationship with God. You're never going to be good enough. And you can't do enough good things. You need God's forgiveness. And that comes through Jesus Christ. It's a personal relationship. It has nothing to do with this church. And I want to invite you this morning to pray a prayer with me. And then we're going to take communion. See, communion is remembering what Jesus Christ did for us. Every single person that prays this prayer this morning, you have to understand that all the thousands of people around you prayed the same prayer to get where we're at today. We all come the same way. So let's bow our heads. You just pray this prayer. Dear God, pray like that. I want a relationship with you that's personal. I want to be able to have peace in my life. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to know that I have a personal relationship with the very God who created me. So today I'm sorry for my sins. Just say it like that. I'm sorry for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me. And today I believe that Jesus Christ died for me. So I receive him into my life right now. Pastor Mark taught today that to have a successful prayer life, you have to actually believe that God will answer your prayer. It's doubtful that you've ever been in as serious a situation as Daniel was with his life on the line. But the thing to take away from that story is that God wants you to trust and believe in his ability to do anything. That belief will give him the opportunity to work amazingly on your behalf. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This ends the teaching, Pray About Everything. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the teaching, Transfer All Things to God with Thanks. He will continue to talk about the disease of worry, providing more ways to be cured of that sickness. He will teach a lot about trusting in God and how you can authentically hand over your concerns, both large and small, to God. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.